The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good evening, everyone. Very happy to be with you this evening and be filling in for Nikki. So, welcome. Welcome to Friday evening or whatever time of day it is where you are. Just giving everyone a moment or two to come into the session. And can everyone hear me all right? Thumbs up if you can hear me. Okay, great. So I'm very happy to be with all of you again. Uh, some of you I was with last night and some I'm sitting retreat with right now. So i um, very happy to see you all. Um, and I, I wanted to uh, share a little bit about one of the things that I've appreciated in the last 17 years of practice with the Brahma Viharas um, is this thing that I mentioned last night that even when it doesn't seem to be working, it is working to cultivate these qualities of kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and uh, equanimity. The the interesting thing is that these practices um, are, I, I think the name that they have of heavenly bodes is really quite a lovely name because what it reminds me of is, is a place to abide, a, a lovely place to hang out and be. And sometimes a place that we're sheltering um, is very pleasant, and sometimes we're just getting in out of the storm. And um, these practices are not about what we are supposed to feel. So it's easy to come into the practice and think, you know, I'm supposed to be radiating all this kindness or I'm supposed to be just feeling endless compassion. And sometimes that's not the first thing that comes up. But fortunately, what it is is uh, a chance to cultivate or continue to grow mindfulness in such a way that it shows us our conditioning. So these practices show us where the heart has been conditioned not to feel kind, for example. Um, When I first did this practice uh, formally, I was a little bit shocked at myself because when it came time to say loving kindness for a dear friend, somebody I love very much, um, I brought up the, the friend's good qualities, but the first thing that happened was all the difficulties I had ever had with her came to mind. And uh, so that was what was showing itself, the difficulties we'd had, even though she was someone I really care about. Sometimes what we realize is that we're more judgmental than we are kind. And that's what's showing itself, that some things in our lives have conditioned us to judge things, uh, perhaps as self-protection, perhaps as a survival strategy in the world. Or we might be determined to practice compassion, but instead the mind comes up with the ways uh, we or another person have contributed to our own suffering. So that was true for me in the beginning, that I blamed myself when life didn't go well. And it was just a conditioned habit that was something I used to survive a tough childhood, blaming myself instead of blaming anyone else. Um, Or, you know, we may start by wanting to practice sympathetic joy, but um, as happened to me, realize we really aren't that joyful. We're not feeling that happy. So these are all very useful places to uh, see that conditioning has happened in such a way that maybe we have experienced the opposite of these qualities. 
Um, maybe we'd love to feel equanimity, but our emotions rise and fall with the events of our life and throw us off balance. But these things, this is all quite expectable. And what happens in cultivating these qualities is that we're continually cleaning out or drawing poison from our wounds. So it's really important that we be able to see what's causing us difficulty or what's causing unhappiness or what's causing a lack of equanimity. And this is sometimes, I guess, the reason the Buddha was referred to as the great physician, because he was, he went about healing what ails humankind by first observing and describing the symptoms of the, the dis-ease that we experience in human life. And only after noticing all the symptoms of dis-ease did he then uh, encourage us and himself to look for the causes. And once he noticed the causes, then he could set about ways that we could come to the cessation or the ending of these causes of suffering and dis-ease. But if we went about trying to cure a disease without noticing all of the symptoms and all of the difficulties, there might still be something, we might address part of it, but there might still be something major that would be causing us affliction and harm. So if we don't fully see and know the ways in which the Brahma Viharas or these beautiful qualities are not conditioned or not present, if we skip too quickly to, oh, okay, I know what's causing that check, we'll miss some important part of the pattern that will just continue to continue uh, to create suffering for us. So tonight I uh, felt inspired to offer a guided meditation that allows for whatever is present, maybe beautiful qualities, these Brahmaviharas, or maybe uh, slight challenges, or maybe major challenges are present. But throughout any of those things that surface in this guided meditation, we can appreciate the mindfulness that allows us to see what is happening. So uh, finding a meditation posture that brings you some relaxation, but also allows you to remain alert and present for your experience. Starting perhaps by noticing what is coming in with you to this moment. Allowing the body to speak to you about how it is right now. And appreciating whatever it wants to show you. Right now and throughout the meditation, allowing the body to show you its current condition. Similarly with feelings or emotions, they may be pleasant, and if so, appreciating the pleasant. They may be unpleasant, recognizing and receiving the unpleasant, or they may be neither. There may be some equanimity present or some delusion present, but Whatever feelings are here, receiving them as good friends. Receiving any mental activity that's going on with gentleness. Whatever is happening in the mind right now may be the result or the conditioned 
consequence of what has been happening today, just a few moments ago, or for the entirety of your lifetime. The mind state might be preoccupied or it might be very present right now. It might be contracted, clamped down on something, or it might be expansive, appreciating any ability to receive anything that's going on, all that's going on, whether it be highly energized or very calm. mind, heart, and body, however they are right now, simply noticing them as they are. Allowing perhaps even a little appreciation for your heart, body, mind, continually serving you. Trying to protect you and keep you whole. No matter whether conditions are rough or smooth, or swing back and forth between all kinds of internal and external conditions, your body, heart, and mind are doing their best for you. They are the instruments that allow you to see and know what is emerging right now. Whatever acknowledgement of what is happening right now, perhaps appreciating the quality of mind that allows you to see it and know it. If it fits for you in this moment, extending some well wishes to yourself. Whatever pops into your mind or surfaces appreciation for the cultivation of mindfulness that you're doing, or the challenges that you are meeting, or the beautiful qualities that are developing in you gradually over time.
if for any reason it doesn't feel possible for you to extend well wishes to yourself, imagine that the Buddha would extend well wishes to you. Being fully awakened, he wanted health and freedom from harm and suffering for all beings without exception. And you are one of those beings. Imagining the Buddha extending these well wishes to you for health. Radiating wishes to you for safety and freedom from harm. happiness and contentment. complete freedom from all suffering, struggle, and difficulty, no matter how small or large. Continuing to allow any other phrases or well wishes for yourself to bubble into mind. Gently appreciating any recognition that mindfulness is giving you of conditioning away from freedom or towards freedom. Freedom from suffering.
allowing yourself with each in-breath and out-breath to fill the heart with the well wishes and goodness that emanated from the Buddha across these 2,500 years. To fill your heart mind with kindness and compassion, gradually, gradually cultivated. amount of appreciation or mindfulness to gradually grow at its own rate. Filling the heart, mind, and body a little bit at a time or expanding in whatever way it feels ready to expand. If others in your life are coming to mind as well as yourself, people with whom you are connected intimately or even distantly, just sharing the planet, allowing the same well wishes, the same wishes for suffering to come to an end to spill over from your heart to theirs. If the body, heart, and mind are receiving some awareness of positive qualities, of gentleness, awareness, kindness, any good feelings, Very important to receive them. Acknowledge them. Taking your time with any and all 
positive or beautiful qualities, whether small or large, By cultivating these qualities, we cultivate the boundless heart. We condition the further appearance of more mindfulness. We condition more happiness. more appreciation. In ourselves and in others around us. Even cultivating the recognition of a slight lessening of any difficulty. If the body is more relaxed than when we began the meditation, receiving that. If the emotions have settled down, if the mind is a little less busy, appreciating whatever degree of settling, of collecting, that appears in mindfulness. Lessening of difficulty continue. struggle and suffering gradually disappear. the heart gradually grow its capacity for joy 
for kindness, for compassion, and for equanimity. capacity to recognize what is true, what is happening right now, continue to grow, taking in what is difficult and what is easeful without exception. Receiving it the way the ground receives leaves that fall from the trees. the conditioned experiences of your life to come to rest and be received and gently contribute to the heart that's growing in kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity for all beings in the world.
yourself included. This being and all beings come into balance and receive experience with equanimity. So I hope that um, this evening and as you gradually continue with these practices, that you can feel a little bit of the appreciation for what mindfulness shows us so clearly about what needs to heal. (laughs) We get many, many lessons in all ways that our experiences have created harm and suffering and what it is that needs to heal. And then these qualities start to turn into uh, the absence. Maybe some of you have noticed over time that some affliction that you once had, just you, you suddenly woke up and realized it fell away. It's gone, completely gone. Um, Or that in its place, you're starting to see, some more kindness or some more compassion or some more patience with yourself or a little more balance of mind about things. It's kind of amazing how these things sometimes work unseen. You know, they're, they're going along and you don't really notice the change until you're down the road away. It reminds me of something that I Uh, experienced in my office, I had a very gangly ficus benjamina plant that somebody had given me and it had been growing for years and it was scraping the ceiling and it was looking pretty bad. So I looked up online how to um, create a cutting from it. And it said cut off a, a quarter inch thick twig and plant it in some dirt. So I took this quarter inch twig of this ficus plant and I stuck it in some dirt. And then it said, just give it enough water and not too much sunshine, but enough light. So I periodically watered this stick. (laughs) Literally. Back Liz. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything. You're on mute, Liz. You're muted. There we go. (laughs) Okay. 
All right. So, you know, even my computer experiences Duca. It just suddenly popped out and I was gone. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you caught any of what I was telling you, that uh, I had taken this cutting from this plant and I was watering this stick. Did you hear that part? We got that part, yeah. Okay. So about six weeks in, I was still watering a stick. And I thought to myself, I must be nuts. I, I don't see any sprouts. I don't see anything happening with this plant. I'm watering a stick in the ground um, in, in a pot. But for some reason, some crazy reason, I decided to continue watering the stick. And within the next week or so, bloop, a, a small leaf appeared on this stick. And from there, within a couple months, it flourished into a beautiful ficus benjamina plant. And I think this cultivation of these Brahma Vihara qualities is a lot like that. We don't know what's going on under the ground, you know, inside us until a moment comes when we suddenly see, ah, things have shifted. So with that, I'd like to give you all uh, 10 minutes in groups of three to be able to talk a little bit about your experiences with the cultivation of the Brahma Viharas, how it's gone, moments that have surprised you, you know, just any observations you'd like to share with one another, kind of taking turns one at a time and not commenting on each other's sharing, but rather just allowing space for mindful listening as usual. So let's see. I think... Uh, five groups will do. So let me set them up and send us off into five groups and enjoy your discussion with one another. See you in 10 minutes. Welcome back. So we have some time now. If there are any comments or questions or things you'd like to share uh, from your practice or your discussion. Yes, Wayne. Um, I, 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 um, well, I, I was talking about something that I, I've sensed just really in the last week or so about uh, a historical tendency to use humor or see the funny side of things. And I kind of realized that that doesn't, that I'm doing it in a way of uh, that it's kind of keeping me from, it's keeping me unfocused. And, and it's keep one thing that keeps me is from really feeling the anger that I feel 
about, uh, well, I'm not quite sure what it's about, but in, in my current life as a teacher, it, it uh, really makes me want to uh, uh, really dig deep as to what, what is best for these kids or what's, what's happening in their life. And, and, and not get caught up in, oh, we did, there's not the resources for this. And, oh, it's going to take so many meetings and uh, so many conversations. Uh, but what else, what else is there? And why, you know, sitting around and telling dry jokes to, to seventh and eighth graders who probably don't understand what I'm talking about anyway is kind of just a waste of time. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is amazing sometimes the things that pop up that we see that we formerly just thought are, are, were parts of our personality, but that may be serving some other purpose. Mm-hmm. Really powerful. Yes, thank you. I have a one-liner. It's sure. never too late. To, I have another. Oh, it's never too late. To have a happy childhood. <laughs> Can you say a little bit more about that? Well, um, uh, if you change the story, it can change. And the you know latest neuroscience about memory is that, you know, years later people will have completely different versions of their memory of what happened, like the day JFK died, or or whatever situation they're in or whoever witnessed the crime, you know, like the movie Rashomon where there's like four different points of view mm-hmm. around the crime. Yes. Um, that's really a good point that um, our point of view and the way we tell our life history changes or can change over time. I wonder how many people here have ever had the sensation that you've already lived a whole bunch of lifetimes in just this one lifetime, just in terms of how the story keeps shifting. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. A lot of hands going up. What we tell ourselves about our experience is really a big deal. So this, you know, this week, uh, Terrence and I at least are in this meditation retreat where we're working with clear comprehension and just seeing things with bare attention without these extra added layers that we put on them is very powerful. We're recognizing the layers we put on them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like peeling an onion. We just keep, there's another layer. Oh, there's another assumption I made or story I told. And somebody's sharing that they heard a podcast recently about nostalgia and how even a few weeks later, we remember difficult experiences as being less difficult than they were when we went through them. An example was done with cyclists who did a long, grueling tour and were interviewed during the time and three weeks later. Kind of similar. It was the Happiness Lab with Lori Santos. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. There, you know, there are a lot of adaptive ways in which we, I've heard that people don't remember certain things in full detail. For example, childbirth. It's one of the reasons people can go on to give birth again is because they don't remember all the <laughs> grueling facets of it. So, hmm. <sighs> Well, I, I want to let you all know I really appreciate this group. 
it's been a tremendous pleasure to spend uh, several uh, times with you in the last month. I've been delighted that Diana was too busy and Nikki got busy and I had the <laughs> chance to meet all of you. So um, I hope to be able to come back and sit with you again sometime. Um, and thank you so much for your practice. I, I think each person here is making the world a better place one person at a time and probably many people at a time. So um, may this practice serve you well, heal you in your life and extend healing to the other people around you so that we create a better world with all the difficulty that's currently going on. Still, we're working on the side of creating a better world. So thank you so much. Good. Thank, thank you. you. Good night, everybody. You. Have, Have a well. great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, group. This isn't happening yeah, on Monday. Night. Night. No. Bye, Trudy. Is there, is Bye, there a Monday. session Monday evening? Do you know? Bye, session Monday evening. I'm, I'm not sure. You might want to look on the, um, look at the calendar. calendar. Yeah. It holiday. should be okay. up to date. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Nice to see you, Trudy. Thank you. I love that phrase, bear attention. Yes. It takes me right to awareness. Exactly. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yes. Great to see you, Terrence. Okay. Here we'll see here you in yeah, we'll be back on retreat in just a minute. <laughs> Good night, all. Bye. Good night. Good night.